The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. My wife is super scared of spiders and oh, she'll, yeah. she'll tell me all proud. I saw a spider and I didn't get scared because <laughs> I had my, because I had our daughter with us. And yeah. I had to be brave. <laughs> like, oh, good for you, I guess. Yeah, that's always like, it's tough with spiders because I feel like with, I've never seen a black widow spider except in pictures, but. I don't know. I feel like seeing a black widow spider, like it's black. It's got the hourglass. Like you could tell what it is. A brown recluse spider. It looks like every single other brown spider. Mm -hmm. So some people, I know some people will be like, oh, it's a brown spider. Kill it. Oh, that's a brown, like kill it. And there's actually a Twitter handle that's called, (laughs) is this a recluse or not? And it's these scientists and people just tweet pictures at them. They're like, is this a brown recluse? And they'll be like, no, it's just a harmless dot-to-dot spider. Uh, I don't know if that's still running, mm-hmm. but there's actually a Twitter account because so many people think they see brown recluse, and then it's like, no, that's just a regular brown spider. So, Yeah, with the, with the, yeah. Black, with the black widow, the mark is on its bottom, though. So, like, if you're oh, seeing it from it? the top, oh. yeah. So, if you see it from the top or anything <laughs> like that, you can't tell. So, what you're saying is you have to get the black widow spider either <laughs> comfortable or high. And then yeah. it'll, it'll lay on its back, and then you can see. Like, yeah, you have to get right, directly buddy. under it. <laughs> Welcome to season four, episode six of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply. Can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. My guest today joining us for the song Off He Goes is Andrew Plath. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I am well. And let's see, this is the third single from No Code, the last track on side one as well. Eddie Vedder wrote this song, pretty much. Uh, it, the the B-side for it was Dead Man. It was released on uh, CD and 7-inch out there if you were able to uh, to find it. It's sort of a uh, Neil Young pastiche, is I think the best yeah. way to <laughs> describe it. Let's see. Oh, this is uh, one of the songs that they also had the lyrics to in all of the different versions. And the C, O, D, and E was uh, number three. It's a picture of a, mm-hmm. an animal eye. I don't know if it's a wolf or a cat or something like that. And uh, some of them. And then in the other ones, it was like cigarette yeah. butts something. Yeah, I think because I have the single. Um, so that, that has the animal eye. And then for my insert, mm-hmm. I think I have the cigarette butts. So, but I've always like, what animal is that? I don't know. Is there like a definitive answer? I don't know. But... I don't know. It kind of, it, it has kind of the elongated look like of a cat. Cause I think all like sort of canine eyes around. Yeah. So it could have been somebody's pet cat or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure you probably, it looks like a cat, but anyway, another one of those mysteries. Yeah. So. You, well, I, I always thought it was a wolf until I was kind of looking at it today and i was like because you just think oh off he goes lone wolf it's got to be a wolf or something yeah. right? and it's like oh wait a minute that would make a lot of sense like 
putting a the sound of a whip at the beginning of a song called whipping. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, maybe a little too on the nose for them. I, I yeah. guess is yeah. yeah. They don't like to make it easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, the song was also debuted at the 96 Showbox show where they uh, busted out a bunch of no-code songs for the first time uh, after the album came out, I believe. If not, I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I thought, was the Showbox in October? I, thought, I could be wrong about that, but yeah, I thought it was after. I think September, and then the album September, came out in August. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that would have been would have been fun to hear that. For the first time. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. everybody has said, or it's always referenced that Eddie says that the song was about himself, sort of autobiographical. And he's quoted as saying, this is a song about being friends with an asshole. And then he points to himself. All right. This is a little song about friendship. Friendship. This is about being friends with an asshole. Yeah, I love that. And that version from that bootleg, um, the, oh, God, it's Polish. I'm, I'm going to butcher it. It's Katowice. Katowice? Like, yeah. It's June 16th, 2000. So <laughs> June 16th, 2000. I think that's the date. Um, yeah, that's a really good version of that song. And I just love how he, he introduces that by... You know, in his classic Eddie style, like you said, like, oh, it's a song about friendship. Friendship. It's about being friends with an asshole. And, like, he's just, he's so, like, self-deprecating and humorous mm-hmm. at times. It's it's funny now to think that he had this reputation for being the super serious guy. And he, <laughs> he did a lot to push that reputation. But he's just, like, he's Mr. Dad Joke. Like, I mean, I mean like, he is constantly with the dad jokes you know he makes fun of himself all the time um so yeah it's just it's just funny how perceptions of people can just kind of permeate throughout the years of you know people still that are maybe casual fans or maybe aren't fans of Pearl Jam and just know of them they still will think of Eddie as like that guy (laughs) interviewing Kurt Loader with like a thousand beer bottles in front of him just kind of like just kind of you know hunched over and um yeah but yeah, it's it's he's, hard he's much to different balance than that. seriousness i think with uh humor when you're doing music because then it's kind of like are you going to be weird al or uh presidency of the united states of america like it's sort mm-hmm. of like are yeah. you going to be a novelty act or like a serious musician and <laughs> You know, if 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 you let too much humor in there, are people going to take it yeah. seriously, or are they just going to think you're a a joke when you tell jokes? Yeah, it's so funny that you bring that up because I was thinking as I was listening to this song and about the the tour for 2020. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if they played the song at a show I was at, preferably, of course, <laughs> and then they followed up with the song "Friendship" by Tenacious D. You know, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of joke, uh, joke bands. Uh, well, they're not they're not a joke, but they're humorous, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. they just followed it up with friendship. <laughs> although, although I think everyone would lose their minds, like if Eddie were to sing, like as long as there's a record deal, we'll always be friends. I think I think that would be too much. 
too much for the for people to handle if he if he did that like like, because then again there's that perception like is he serious do we know oh my god so yeah Mm -hmm. but that's just i just have a few pro jam concert related dreams that don't relate to pro jam songs and that's one of them play play friendship after playing off he goes do it (laughs) oh yeah have you seen this song you said you've been to one show when we were talking earlier yeah before we started recording unfortunately i have not so it's definitely i think when thinking about what's one song i really want to hear that's at the uh, one pearl jam song i really want to hear that's at the top of the list um because this Mm -hmm. is i've been fortunate enough to because i was on here previously for nothing man both those songs are top 10 for me Mm -hmm. this is a top 10 song as is nothing man i would rank this one higher um on my list but you know i i i would really love to see it because you know, I think when I listen to this song on the, the studio version, it has this warmth that comes. And part of it, I think, is the production and how it was recorded. listen to it on boots i do think the warmth is not there as much but the live version when the it gets to the part of and now i rub my eyes that part is so much more intense than it is on the studio version because of Mm -hmm. the the speed at which they play and how matt plays the song i think it's it's just a lot more in how eddie sings it i think it just adds that intensity um that you know maybe that warmth that comes through in the recording isn't there on lot in the live version but it has just a little bit more power towards the end which i appreciate because there's some really good versions of this um from the bootleg we were just talking about and i know ben royal hall is a really good one mm-hmm. um but uh yeah I, I would love to see this song live because it, it's just another one of these songs where um Speaking of lists, this is on the list of Pearl Jam songs that will make my eyes well up a little bit, if not tear at occasionally, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. This is on that list, along with um, the bridge of Rearview Mirror and Sleight of Hand, just like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. That one's, yeah. I hope I can come back to talk about that one, because that, that Sleight of Hand is just like, wow. But I know a lot of people don't like that song. And we're talking about and we're talking about no code right now, so I'll bring it back. But um, yeah, yeah, again, have to yeah. wait uh, two yeah. years until I uh, yeah <laughs> get there. But I just it there's just something about how like I've always I've always been an introvert. I've always just kept to myself, 
and I moved around a lot when I was a kid, and it was really just hard making friends. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and yet when I'll make these friends, you know, I don't, I'm, you know, don't always hang out with them maybe as much as I should have, or, you know, I'm really, I'm really awful at keeping in touch with people. Like, I'll leave an area or leave a job. And I've had like a very close relationship with bosses for years and I leave that job and I never talk to them ever again. Mm-hmm. And, and so it kind of connects with me because it's like almost a reminder, like, you know, I do need to get better <laughs> at like keeping in touch with people and not just like being a part of their life and then just leaving because I kind of have a tendency to do that, especially with friends. So I, I could definitely relate to the song on that regard that it, it it's kind of like you think about this this need to when you're hanging out with people especially as an introvert to just be like okay i've been here for x amount of time now i can go back and like you know hang out by myself but then it's like you know we're, we're social beings as humans it's really mm-hmm. important to have that interaction and maybe missing out on something you know because of my own need to just kind of be by myself so that's why i've always connected lyrically uh, with the song, definitely. So, yeah, there's the, you know, there it, it could be either, you know, the the standard, you know, you don't want to let t- people in too close because then, you know, you're just going to be disappointed if they end up leaving or turning on you or whatever. So you want to keep people at a arm's length, or it's also it could also be like the uh, just the amount of emotional energy it takes to be social when you're not that's not your default position and stuff like that so it's kind of like oh you know i like being around people i want to be around people but oh man i gotta i gotta smile instead of just have a normal face which you know they say frowning takes more muscles Mm -hmm. than it does take to smile it's like oh yeah what if i do nothing that takes no muscles then how about that generation (laughs) x yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's it's it's uh I don't know. It's just a bunch of stuff that you get sort of, if you take a look at it, you can go a billion different ways. And then, you know, if you, it's just something you have to work on if you, if you just like that, because, you know, after you do it, then it's sort of like, oh, hey, you know, this is, it's easier to get up in front of people. It's easier to hang out with people. It's easier to just kind of check in and send a text or something like that. It doesn't have to be a huge conversation, just sort of, hey, what you doing? Oh, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you know uh, uh, the new Pearl Jam's coming out? Oh, okay, cool. It's like, okay, that's it. If that's where the conversation ends, it's where it ends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, sometimes you talked about that, you know, feelings of like doubt and, and you know, sometimes feeling like, the group of friends that, and I, I had this obviously a lot more when I was younger, but like the group of friends that you have, like, eh, like, are we really, or is it just because, you know, we share like a common, like we're all on the same hockey team together, but are we really friends? Mm-hmm. And of course it's one of those things like, yes, you are like, it's common for people to share interests with each other. That's what <laughs> it means to be a friend. But, but that's that yeah. self-esteem piece that can kind of, that can come in and you're, you're doubting like, eh, do they really want to hang out with me? It's just because of this. And, you know, a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome there too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where now having said all this, when I initially heard this song, when I was younger, it didn't connect with me. I think it was in like high school. I didn't connect with it initially because, 
you know, you spend all this time at school and it's hard for me to make friends. I just want to get home. It's like, what's the big deal with just leaving all these people that you don't want to be around anymore? I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. But now as I've gotten older, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's people drift apart and you move jobs, all this stuff happens. And it's just like, man, you know, we, there are many people who I shared a lot of fun, you know, enjoyable times with who I just don't even communicate with anymore. And it's just kind of like, wow, you know, shit. That kind of sucks. But, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. The memories remain. But, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, that, that need to be wanted. And then when you're wanted, you know, wanting to not be there anymore. Um it, you know, it's kind of, we're weird. <laughs> we're strange people. But hey, if I'm a counselor, so, you know, that keeps me in business. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. But I, I've, I've always, I've always loved the music to the song. It took, it took a second to get the lyric part to connect. But because I remember being really into Neil Young when I was growing up too, along with mm-hmm. Pearl Jam. And, you know, I think, I think that's why I have such an affinity for no code because it's, it's their Neil Young record. Yeah. Like th- this is, it's got Neil all over it. I mean, the song that comes before uh, off he goes smile, you've got is a very Neil Young influenced song as well. So um, I think that's why no code for me. Is, I really have a, a great connection to and and part of it is this song this is just so powerful but i know that no code is kind of you know some people love it some people don't understand why there's so much admiration for it and i know a lot of people jump shipped jump ship when uh it came out back in 96 from being fans so it's it's definitely an interesting one but i think that it's it's got so many so many unique tracks and so many unique songs on there that it's just you know some of their most interesting music and i don't mean that as as damning everything else with faint praise but you know this is some of their most interesting music especially on the first the first six songs of no code and so i think off he goes is just really the perfect capstone for side a of uh, no code which is probably my favorite side a of any pearl jam record um it's just it's just solid and and so it's just nice little cap with this uh with off he goes yeah when i was young too this song didn't resonate with me it was just sort of like oh it's not you know hardcore whatever it's not you know habit which is coming up or (laughs) lucan or any anything like that it's kind of the slow kind of mid-song mid-album ba- ballad that they that they'll have is kind of like okay whatever and mm-hmm. i know that i i think between this and around the bend like sort of our cousin songs or something like that i always felt and i kind of liked mm-hmm. around the bend a little bit more than this one i don't i i don't know why I just didn't there's just something about this that i don't know i think when you're young you don't really get the life experience that's that's in here about just sort of time passing and you know being people who are gone and maybe come back and sort of what it means to be connected to to people yeah definitely you know how things change and then you know you grow up and it's 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 more about those close you know intimate relationships you had could be with a partner could be with a you know a very close friend 
And so, you know, not to get all, I'm going to get all psycho babbly right now, but, <laughs> you know, thinking of the, makes me think of the stages, Erickson's life stages. And, um, you know, thinking about typically between the, and they kind of move the the ages around depending on, you know, the modern sensibilities. But, you know, it's like from the age of, I believe, about 21 to 40, you know, Erickson talked about the, there's this intense need for these close interpersonal relationships. And, you know, if you go back to the previous stages, you notice how your friend group is just constantly being whittled down at each stage. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in grade school, elementary school, whatever people call it, your your friend base is massive. Oh, you're the same age as me? Come to my party. Sweet. Like, it's just like everyone's like, yeah, this is awesome. We like creepy crawl. We were talking about that before. Uh, <laughs> we like creepy crawlers. Come to my house. It's awesome. Like, we're not really friends with each other, but. And then you go junior or middle school, and okay, now it's now it's getting a little bit smaller. You may be including some members of the opposite sex you're attracted to, right? And then it gets even smaller at high school, and then it just is shrinks again when you become an adult, where it's just like a handful of people. And then eventually, going on from there, you know, you might have keep that handful, or maybe that even falls apart. But it's just how we start as so being needing quantity right we need a lot of friends and it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller primed for contact and and then just smaller and smaller and smaller until yeah you just just really don't have that many friends anymore and you know some of it is because people grow apart people change but also some of it's just kind of the natural way that things go remember being they could be like in elementary school and something like that and be friends with like everybody in your class you can then you know you all know each other's names yeah you know, there might be one or two people or something like that who are super popular or kind of, I don't know, maybe the, the odd kid or something like that, that everybody will make fun of or something like that, or the bully or something. But, you know, it's it's not, I think, uncommon to sort of be friends with everybody. You're kind of forced to, mm-hmm. too. It's kind of like, okay, bring Valentine's for everybody. Be, you know, bring enough to share for the whole class. And then, you know, yeah. once you have different classes, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like middle school, <laughs> high school and stuff like that, where it's kind of, okay, English class, math class, all that other sort of stuff. It's sort of, oh, I can't be friends with, you know, eight different whole entire classrooms of friends and stuff like that. And uh, I remember you saying you were, uh, earlier saying, um, you know, uh, friends with people that you work with and stuff like that. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, like yeah. for me, it's just sort of like, ah, oh, am I really friends with them or are I just people I work with? You know, I was like, ah, oh, I just want these people to be people I work with. And, you know, I don't need, I don't want these people as friends because, you know, the only thing we have in common is we just work at the same place. But mm-hmm. I know that for me, like in middle and high school and stuff like that, or even before then, you know, just in any classroom setting where you had assigned seating and you're sitting by alphabetical order or whatever like that, the the friends that I made were the people I was just sitting close to. And it just, that's just the way it was because you're close to them and you talk to them and you get paired up and it's kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. And still friends with them and everything. So it's kind of like, Oh, wow. I guess it's just, you know, remember that, duh, you don't, just because you work with them, you can be friends with them. It's, you know, it's proximity, but then, you know, that's the, that's the, uh, infection vector or something. I don't know. (laughs) Friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's so funny because I, I feel like I had the same experience when I first started working. Like 
it almost had to be like explained to me or like people can like say like, yeah, you can do it. Like, wait a second. So I spent like six to eight hours with this person. Like other people will like spend time with like additional time with them. Like, (laughs) you know, I, I, I was, I couldn't understand it. I was like, why would you do that? Like I just spent all this time with them, but then realizing like, yeah, that's how you build, you know, these, these friendships and uh, you don't have to spend like every waking moment with someone that you work mm-hmm. with. But like, yeah, I kind of had to learn that. Cause I, I had a very much like, I'm going to go clock in. I'm going to do my job. Don't bother me while I'm doing my job. And then I'm going to clock out and then I'm going to go home uh, to my Netflix and uh, adult beverages. So <laughs> Yeah. Why would I want to share that with anyone? I know. (laughs) Living the life. Nothing but Netflix, pizza rolls, and alcohol. (laughs) So, yeah, but it... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there's there's also the, you know, if if you happen to have low self-esteem and stuff like that, too, like the uh, feeling of, you know, I'm not worthy to have people Mm -hmm. care about me or, you know, like me and stuff like that, too, so... You don't want those people to, I guess, prove yeah, you wrong. Absolutely. Maybe if you know you get friends, they they like you. So mm-hmm. why don't you like yourself? Yeah, right? if mm-hmm. they can see something, yeah, in absolutely. You, I mean, yeah, and and I think that that can be powerful, right? To realize, like, oh, you you know, you have these friends. You you know, what what do you think is positive they see about you? Okay, now I'm getting into like a little too counselory because I'm thinking like, <laughs> you know, like what do you think your friends, what like what attributes would they describe about you? Like that's a common mm-hmm. thing to like, what do you think they would say about you? And so, yeah, it's uh, I went down the, <laughs> it was like professional um, kind of professional autopilot there. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> we're talking about friends and, you know, doing values and your strengths. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get you to to work off the yeah. clock. Trying to get something, yeah. something for free <laughs> out of you. Pro bono. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's um uh, a comedian, uh, Jackie Cation, and she has a uh, a joke where she's telling she's telling a story. I can't quite remember what exactly it's in context with or something, but she says she's like talking to somebody. And the person like asks her, you know, when she's a kid or something like that, says, oh, uh, don't you have any friends or something like that? And she says, no. And then, you know, she says it real sort of, uh, no, stay away from me, blah, blah, blah. And then the the person says to her, it's like, <laughs> well, have you tried being friendly? And then she kind of like, like her mind explodes, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't put that together. I didn't I didn't realize it. That's why people don't like me. It's not because they're jerks. Eureka. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's such a great way to put that. Um, I haven't heard of that comedian, so I have to check that out. Because that, that's such a great way to put that because, like, there's this weird dichotomy that exists where, you know, people that struggle with self, those self esteem issues and maybe have trouble making friends, they almost, it's like they do the opposite of what, is considered being friendly. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you don't have, you're almost like standoffish, like, well, now I'm, I'm so proud of my independence. I'm going to be like, whatever, you know, I'm not going to hang out with you or anything like that. Cause I'm, I'm just so myself when it's like, yeah, like, you know, you could 
be friendly. You can say hello to people, ask how people are doing. I always, for me, I always tripped up at the small talk because I was, I'm terrible at yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, so how's it going? Good. Um, so, <laughs> uh, do you ever think that like, you know, dogs have dreams about, and I'm like, Oh God damn it. Now I'm already, <laughs> now I'm already just saying like whatever comes to my mind. And like, I was just always so bad at small talk. So I like, I literally would have to like prepare things like, okay, you can talk about the weather. It's not cheesy, but you know, try and try and, uh, you know, just compliment them on something and then just get out. Like I would, I would tell myself going into college classes, I was like, okay, Say hello to the. I know this is some ridiculous shit to be sharing sharing with the public, <laughs> but like I'd be like, say hello to the person to your left and the person to your right, and that is considered a success. And then maybe if you like one of them, maybe the next day, like ask them like what they're interested in or something like that. So that worked pretty well for me. But um, I don't know if people if people are going to go see you know Pearl Jam in concert. You stand in line. You're around a bunch of people, or you're in your seats and stuff like that. There's you can, you know, you're all there for Pearl Jam. You can say hi. That's yeah. probably nice, right? Yeah, except the problem with that is I have low frustration tolerance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is another psychobabbly term. No, I'm just kidding. But this did happen when I went to the show in 2018. Like, there was, so, there was this woman sitting next to me, and, like, we were kind of just like, hey, how's it going? Like, oh, and this is when the rain delay was going on, so we are just chit-chatting. And then I went to ask her, like, so how many times have you seen them? But she was talking to her friend. And so I, I asked the question. I was like, oh, well, that door is closed. And, I, and, I, and then I, just, I just turned to my wife and talked to her the whole time. See, see, that's that's what no one will tell you about marriage. Like, if you're an introvert and you're married and you share interests, guess what? You've always got someone to talk to at, at parties and stuff, mm-hmm. which I am forever grateful of that because, like, that is just, that is one of the unforeseen bonuses of being married, I will say. Always got a, always got someone to talk to. So that took a weird turn. I'm not gonna lie, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm I am who I am. I guess I'm living my truth. Yeah, there there are those people who say it's like, oh, you know, it's not cool to say, oh, my wife's my best friend or something like that. You got to bro down, man. You gotta <laughs> you gotta keep those words separate. And it's like, well, why? If if you know, if you really like somebody and. It doesn't matter who they are yeah. or whatever, I guess. You know, there are a lot of traditions in how friendships are made as well. And, and I think that that can sometimes get in the way. And, like, I have to earn friends this way. I can't earn them that way. And it's just like, do whatever you enjoy. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching this, the, that Penn and Teller show, um, Bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they were following these, like, UFO chasers. And so, like, they're hanging out outside this, like, base, and they're like, we've seen UFOs, and then, like, this flash comes, and they're like, oh, my God, was that something? And then after this, quote-unquote, UFO sighting, they just hang out and are, like, roasting hot dogs. And it's like, (laughs) it's just like a social experience for them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's... It doesn't have to be like you see on sitcoms, like, we're gonna go to our bar, or the, you know, or the cafe like in friends like that's where we all hang out it's like just do whatever you like who cares what anyone else thinks do it live i remember reading 
an interview or watching one or something with uh, Chuck Palahniuk, the writer of Fight Club. And he said that, you know, it's like it's not about, you know, punching people and stuff like that. It's sort of like creating a just a uh, an excuse to be around people. You know, it's, you know, and you said, like, especially for men or something like that, who, you know, kind of, I guess, need reasons to be friends with other people. So you have to invent things like, Oh, we're going to get together. Yeah. And we're going to fight. And then, you know, it'll morph into, you know, trying to take down the government or something, yeah. <laughs> but or not necessarily, but you know, sort of, you know, yeah. you, if you're around people enough and you have a, an excuse kind of like, okay, you know, bowling league mm-hmm. or, you know, I think he would talk, he, uh, Chuck Palahniuk specifically talked about his, uh, uh writing group. And stuff so like you know we would all write stuff and we'd all read it together but you know it'd be a chance to hang out together and drink wine and you know talk and stuff like that too besides mm-hmm. doing all that and you just kind of inv- yeah. invent invent uh, a structure for for you to create friendship mm-hmm. which you know is hard to to come by nowadays unless you're yeah. you know one of those people who gets out and you know does those things who will join a softball league or have extracurricular work activities and such yeah yeah it makes me makes me think of that um that movie i love you man which i watched recently mm-hmm. where you know he's like trying to find his quote-unquote best man and but it's really about how like it can be really difficult um as you get older to make friends right you kind of it's it's almost like there's this age or the stage where you you have to have these like built-in friends mm-hmm. but no one tells you and so then once you pass that it's like well shit now it's like it's hard to find people to be friends because we've passed our cutoff it's like an expiration date that you don't know exists and you're you're just kind of like okay well now we got to figure this out so yeah but, you got anyway. you got to be friends with somebody before they start their families and then are focused on that yeah. because then it's kind of like, Oh, you can't hang out. Cause you got to be with the family. So SOL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that good stuff. So um, let's see some, one thing about the song that I didn't realize for the longest time is, you know, at uh, kind of, I guess the, uh, the chorus ish sort of part, it says it is a uh, perfectly unkept, you know, whatever is uh, he's saying, I, I thought there was like another word in there, but he says perfectly perfect. Ali. He's been taking too much on. There he goes with his perfect unkept Which it's kind of like his perfect Wait, What's he saying there? It's like, Oh, perfectly. He's just saying it weird. Mm-hmm. It's just, one of the uh, weird vocal singing meter things mm-hmm. that he'll do. Yeah, he does that quite a bit, which which is why I was a little surprised when Super Blood Wolf Moon came out and people were talking about focusness, focus on your focusness when he said that. I remember some people saying that, like, why would he say that, like, make mm-hmm. up a word or something like that? And it's like, he's done that all the time. Like, like perfectly you said, need I say the whole world will be yeah. relieved hmm yeah like so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it's he's so good at those little touches right and and in this song the lyrical touch that i really love is in the first verse where he says or maybe it's not the verse i can't remember now but he says he's been taken 
T A K I N apostrophe. Eddie's dropping his G's mm-hmm. like he's running for office in that song. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's been taken. And then the the second verse or the second part, he says he's been taken. And you know, just kind of that fun little wordplay with the homonym of like you know we're talking about two different things that sound the same. And it's kind of this he's been taken um, too much on. And then he's been taken where I don't know. And, and so I, I always love that interchange there of, of, of just how, how he worked that, you know, the connection back. Yeah. I, I think he's, Eddie's so talented at, at putting those little touches in there. And, and, and that's, that's just really what makes this song special. I also love the emphasis he puts on the word bullshit too. Nothing's changed, but the surrounding like that that is one of the best bullshits i think i've heard in a song like just the way he just emphasized it like almost like a staccato just like yeah bam. you know i, I it, it's just it yeah i just i love it. again I'm, I'm here again like we were a nothing man it's just i'm gonna i'm just gushing about the song I, you know there's yeah it's like i said that Actually, I don't think I said this, but the, the <laughs> part about the um, and now he's home and we're laughing. That's that's the part that that will make my eyes kind of well up a little bit because, it, it, you know, it's just it's so powerful about how, like, I'm sure I've had this conversation. I'm sure so many people have mm-hmm. had this conversation with friends of maybe you see each other at a sporting event or a concert or a mm-hmm. wedding and you're like, we're having such a great time. Why do we not hang out more? And then, you know, a few weeks pass and, yep, you haven't followed through on the plans and you're not hanging out anymore. And, and so it just, it kind of connected in that this is, oh God, this is very cliche. I'm, I'm <laughs> mad at myself for saying it, but like, you know, all those moments that you spend with the people you care about are very precious and like you don't want to waste them uh, because they might just, for whatever reason, might just not, might just not be there anymore. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really important to stay in touch, even though I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really bad at that. And I know that I'm bad at that, but that's why that song, that part of the song just, just cuts at me. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I just lyrically again, hitting it out of the park, I, you know, as I'm sitting here, I'm realizing there's in my mind, at least there's like kind of a similarity to what I like about nothing man. to what I like about off he goes, the lyrics are so strong. Um, it connects with me personally and Jeff is playing a stand-up bass. So mm-hmm. you know, I guess, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess I only sign up for the, the stand-up bass songs, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, like I said, it just, the, the bass part just brings that warmth. It just, it just brings this warmth to the song that I feel like it's dismissive to say it's like a campfire song. But, you know, you could definitely feel like this is, we're all kind of hanging out, you know, envisioning myself in my dream world where they play Friendship after Off He Goes. And I'm I'm hanging out with Eddie and the band, and we're all <laughs> hanging around a campfire, and, you know, Ed's smoking a J, and we're just chilling. And I am, of course, not partaking or enjoying responsibly, of course, <laughs> I, you know, just keeping it. No, I'm just kidding. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it's just like this campfire thing, and everyone's just kind of hanging out and singing. So yeah, that was uh, that was kind of an insight into the the dreamland. 
of um, myself, I guess. So you know, well, I think it's part of the uh, the atmosphere, like you said, that you know makes it kind of feel that way. Especially with you know, you kind of have like little sort of like tuning up, sort of you hear them counting mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah, and, you know, at the end, sort of okay, one more or whatever, and like that sort of makes it sound and feel more immediate than some of the other sort of, okay, this is obviously, you know, a studio. They, you know, each recorded their own parts separately. It's kind of like, oh, it feels more like kind of like they're, they're all there. Even though I think once it actually starts playing, once I actually start playing and stuff like that, some of that, that ambiance isn't there as much like it, it, it would have in a lot of the uh, songs on binaural and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's it's about those those touches that they add in there. And like you talked about with the counting off at the beginning, and there's kind of that brief kind of moment where there's you know just those sounds coming in. You can hear the bass kind of playing, and then it goes one, two, and then they're into the song. I love when they include that stuff in. And I know Pearl Jam's done it a few times, but just in any any musician, I know around the same time, of course, is the Mirrorball. And oh, I can't think of the name of the song now. But you can hear Neil say, um, like, no tuning, like, just play. He's like, let's just play the songs. I think it's song X, I think. Um, but I love that stuff because I think that's that's what people connect to for music, the emotional mm-hmm. piece. And I, and the emotional piece of being like, you know, these are real people in a real studio. Like, and I hate to veer it towards like old man territory, but you know, just like some of the, some of the music that you will hear today, it's, it just sounds very, like very much like, I feel like I'm in a recording studio, not like just hanging out with people contrast mm-hmm. to that. So I'll go back on my old man comments and say, I love, <laughs> In Billie Eilish's album, the first track of um, of her album from last year, it's she's like, I'm taking out the Invisalign, like we're getting ready to go. And I love that she included that part in there because it, it it's just like it's this human this humanness that you, that you can see. Like this is a person who like you know because I I think of like a modern pop star is like just got done taking a bunch of selfies on Instagram. And then now I'm going to go record in the recording studio with all this production. And I just like that, you know, for her album, she included that, like I'm taking off the invisible, like we're, we're getting ready to go. And it's, it's just very human in that way. And I really like that on, on this song off he goes as well, that it has that moment in the beginning. Yeah. And they do that on last, last exit as well. Uh, which is just also a, another great way to start off that song as well. Uh, did we we get it all for this song? Then all we got to say about it was there anything else? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think. Of course, I'll probably f- think of something later. But no, I, I no, think no, that, I know there's a there's a there's been yeah. tons of episodes where it's like, oh, did I talk about this yet with this song? It's like, oh, you did already. Oh crap, I already recorded it. Yeah, so, but I, I think that's it, and um, off he goes. Yeah, it's just, it's like I said, it's top ten, probably top five for me to, uh, mm. to in in summation, I think this is a top five Pearl Jam song for me, and um, it's one of the up on my up on my wall. It's one of the no code um, 
for the vinyl, the inserts that I've that I've framed and I have it flipped to the lyrics because I just I like the lyrics to the song so much um, that I just I like looking at it. And yeah, so I love this song. Hopefully we get it. And uh, like I said, maybe they'll play Friendship by Tenacious D. Right after. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kid, I kid. Well, uh, I'm 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 asking people this uh, this season what's something that they should uh, do to sort of spread some kindness out there. If you see if you maybe something you can do for a stranger that you see, or just somebody try to just do something nice, hmm. be oh, nice to somebody. That's, I forgot to mention it to you before we started recording. <laughs> you got to think yeah. about it a little. I was like, oh, um, crap, I'll edit this. Yeah. Ups, but. You know, the thing that, and I'll probably think of something better, but the thing that comes to mind is, you know, my wife and I are both very big donators. Like, if, if, um, like, every few weeks mm-hmm. we will go through our house and be like, do we really need this anymore? And give it away. Give it away to someone. At one point, we did this, like, 500 item challenge we were going to get rid of 500 things and we i think we get, got rid of like about 700 things mm-hmm. and not just like small stuff like big stuff too so ah that's you put me on the spot <laughs> that's all i could think of is just, just maybe it's time to give some more things away because they're just things and what really matters is the friends <laughs> we make along the way yeah. okay, <laughs> on the fly made that up but it's real. It's true, people. It's true. So, yeah, that's my answer for now. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll think of something later. But, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Andrew. It's always good to uh, talk to you. And, you know, we get a little serious or whatever. It's uh, it's 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 yeah. it's only yeah. rock and roll, we're right? Just, we're just living. Yeah. So. <laughs> The Better Man Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to bettermanpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on a season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Andrew, and as always, this is Brandon saying, Oh, hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such self-help videos as Smoke Yourself Thin and Get Confident, Stupid.